This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Ethos Bulls. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined today by Trey Hill. We're going to bring you a um, a, a recap of last night's game with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, hopefully not a dollar short. But it's going to be a little late for you guys. Uh, I actually was blacked out on my end, Trey. Uh, and I know you didn't really have a chance to watch it too in depth until probably this morning. So, um, but we'll get through it, right, man? Oh yeah, I actually right after I'd sent you that message, everything cleared up, so I was able to to pay pretty close attention after that after that first uh, six minutes of the first quarter. So, yeah, not too bad. You you were the one stuck in the blackout market, having to find a stream, you know, having to find a way to navigate the system to be able to view it so we could at least get some thoughts on it real quick. Yeah, it's uh, it was kind of difficult. Obviously, I'm, I'm close, somewhat close to Denver, Colorado, so uh, I had the blackout restrictions. But we had the duel of two Nicolas here, uh, Trey, which was uh, interesting. These two guys, I don't know if you saw, uh, they were asked about playing against each other, and they said that they play Call of Duty together. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, <laughs> uh. I I did not see that. That's fantastic. I I'd seen that there was an article written somewhere about how they they do stay in touch and they've kind of forged a friendship. But I did not see that they play Call of Duty together. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I was looking forward to these two uh, dueling it out, but of course, you know, that was before we even got the information right before the game tipped off. That of course, uh, Demar Derozan had to is out now in the health and safety protocols. Um, I don't think he it's been confirmed yet if he has tested positive for COVID nineteen or not. One thing I do know is if he does test positive for COVID nineteen, then the Bulls are um, are qualified for a hardship ex- exception and they're able able to actually add a sixteenth player because they've got three guys out uh, with the COVID uh, protocols and they've also got um, obviously Patrick Williams out with the season ending and inju- injury. Did you see any news out there about? about his tests yet no i haven't seen anything on that yet either um i'm just kind of wait and see the this bulls team though they seem rather equipped to just keep chugging right along yeah yeah so um so let's talk a little bit about that you know gerard de was out obviously i was curious to see who's going to fill that role obviously it's just a, such a huge role for the bulls such a go-to starter i was watching um, specifically, you know, the first half I was watching pretty closely and uh, just trying to see who was going to be taking uh, shots when, when you know, it was crunch time, when it was time, you know, the clock was ticking down, you need someone to shoot the ball, who's going to get that shot? Obviously, the, the number one answer is Zach Levine, and that's how it always should be. But the other guy that kind of surprised me that was getting shots, Trey, was um, in those situations was Lonzo Ball. 
Lonzo Ball last night really, you know, I felt like took a really prominent role in the offense, which was more than I expected. I expected uh, it to be kind of more of a by committee approach, but, uh, you know, maybe it was just a good shooting game. And, and I just saw, you know, happened to watch all the parts where he was having a uh, lights out shooting, but uh, it just felt like he was that guy to kind of take over uh, when Zach Levine was not. Do you, do you agree? Did you see something different? No, I, I think so. Lonzo's always been comfortable being that like secondary playmaker to me. You know, Zach would break down the defense, get the ball to Lonzo. And he, a lot of the times, you know, he uses his playmaking to create from there. But last night he was able to, I think he knocked down three threes pretty much right in a row and just kind of keep the defense honest and keep them from doubling Zach early on. He, he was great. Um, you mentioned you wondered who was going to fill the role for DeMar. I, I hadn't put any thought into who would start in his spot. And so, like like I mentioned, I had some stuff going on when the game was getting ready to start. I had it on in the background. And so I, I was away from my TV, and I come back in, and I, I can hear it in the kitchen, from the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I just hear the starting lineup announcements, and I hear from yeah. Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, from Chicago. And I, I was going to ask you about I that. thought yeah, they were right. doing I, – I, when I heard it, I was like – isn't this game getting ready to start? Why are why are they doing a Derrick Rose mon- a Derrick Rose <laughs> thing right now? And then I heard you know I heard I heard it and it was it was really cool it was it was really cool to see it but it was just such a an interesting and such a cool way for me to kind of experience it. I just wanted to share that because I thought it was interesting. Yeah, and they asked him about that post game. I know about the from Chicago bit, and he was like, just I wouldn't say ignorant, but just you know, so naive about it. He was like, oh, uh, Derek Rose, right? Yeah, he's from Chicago too. You know, it's like he didn't even it wasn't even a thought in his mind. It's just he's just so proud to be from the city, uh, and he did talk a little bit about that in the post game you know, presser where he was just talking about you know, repping where he's from and and seeing so many. Uh, you know, not so great things in the city and just wanting to bring something good and some light to the city. And of course that, that was the same, exactly the same spirit and vein that, that Derek Rose went out there and played every single game. So uh, yeah, I love to see it too. It was as, as a Chicago guy, uh, you know, I lived there for five, six years in the city proper. I, I'm from the suburbs, but, uh, but yeah, it makes me, warms, warms my heart to see that kind of thing. So that made, that made me happy. Uh, but yeah, from a fantasy perspective, obviously we saw Ayo DeSumo move start and Derek Jones Jr. started, started alongside him. And I do think Derek Jones Jr. is probably the better uh, fantasy player for you guys out there that do play fantasy basketball. He's going to put up blocks and rebounds, especially for this team that really needs rebounds. Uh, so Derek Jones Jr. is the guy I would go grab. But I assume is a very intriguing guy. Uh, and I would consider, you know, at least now while Caruso is out, uh, to go snag that guy too. Uh, he had, I think, eight assists in this game. So, you know, he's putting up pretty pretty solid numbers here. Let me see. Yeah, eight assists, six rebounds. And 11 points, um, three turnovers, so not not too great there. Four from four of six shooting, so one a three pointer. So he's putting up popcorn numbers across the board, which is what you're looking for, especially like had matches. So um, something I'd look at there is, is those two guys. But yeah, those are the guys that we saw. Obviously, Trey soak up most of the minutes, uh, and then we saw Troy Brown Jr. back in the lineup too. And I thought he had some really positive minutes as well. What did you think? I thought that he did a great job crashing the boards in the first half. Uh, I mentioned the, in the game against the Nets on a previous podcast about how the, the gang rebounding was getting better and that they were kind of limiting teams to one shots. Bradley and Troy Brown Jr. and Vucevic and Io, they were all just crashing the boards so hard and they weren't letting the, the Nuggets efficient offense. They weren't able to, you know, get multiple shots 
in possessions and holding that team to one shot, I think kind that really helped them in terms of limiting them to under a hundred points. I thought it was just the effort was there from the get go, which was nice to see. Let me ask you this, especially talking about the defense. And I was, I was just impressed. The defensive aggression just, it was just fantastic uh, from start to finish. I thought, you know, specifically, obviously Lonzo ball, I think had a really active game, just, just got his hand on a lot of balls, a lot of deflections, uh, and, and Zach Levine in spots also had some really good defensive just plays uh, on the ball, and that really made me happy to see. But let me ask you this. Without DeMar DeRozan, because we talked to Andrew Patton on, on bold statements, not sold predictions, and, and you know, basically the general consensus is that DeMar DeRozan individually, not a great defender, right? Can the Bulls be a better defensive team now without DeMar DeRozan? They're not going to be better on offense. I don't think there's any question about that. But defensively, can they be better without DeMar DeRozan playing you know, 35 minutes plus? Um, if Caruso, sure. and let, me, let me see this. If Caruso comes back also, because I think you need Caruso in there too. I mean, just like you said, in theory, if you're putting Derek Jones Jr. in there, they're probably getting better on defense. If it's if it's Io, it's probably a, a net neutral because, you know, I think he's going to make more athletic plays, but he's also a rookie. He's going to make some mistakes. Um, it just kind of depends on who you get in there. They definitely have room for improvement on the defensive end. Um, but like you said, I'm not, I'm not particularly worried about that. I'm more concerned with when Zach's on the bench, how is this team going to score? I know they have lots of shooters. I know that Lonzo is a great playmaker, but the, the offense has just kind of been built around DeMar or Zach having the ball, running that pick and roll with Vooch and, and playing off of that. So it's it's one of those situations where in gold in Golden State all of the players are doing things all the time so they're always ready whereas you know Houston with James Harden those guys all they did was shoot so when they needed to do something else they might not be as ready. I'm hoping that the rest of this team I know they're going to be game for it because this they all play for each other, but I'm hoping that they have someone who can run that pick and roll with Bradley or even with Derek Jones Jr. in the second unit. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, even though he won last night, I think it's going to be a struggle, and there's going to have to be a different guy that steps up every night until DeMar gets back. DeMar's out at least through December 15th because December 5th was when he uh, entered the health and safety protocols. It's got to be at least 10 days, or he can return two negative uh, tests, obviously. Um, Like I said, I think we're winning back for the results of the first test still, so we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, It's possible that he does return. He didn't travel with the team uh, for the next game in Cleveland, so he's definitely missing the next one for sure. So, you know, Ayo and Derek Dose Jr. are going to step in again. Um, Caruso has a hamstring injury right now. So those are tricky. I don't really expect him to be back in this one. Um, hopefully he does rehab from that quickly. But um, I think he'll he'll be out for another game or, or probably a couple games, honestly. Um, so, unfortunately, we won't see him again. So it's interesting to see who's going to step up for those for, the, for DeMar DeRozan because he is such a go-to scorer. He's our guy, especially in the fourth quarter. So when we have a, a close game because – yeah, they put Denver under pretty much, uh, what was it, beginning of the fourth, end of the third, that they put them away. I mean, it was really a nice run by Zach Levine you were, you know, you were talking about. Yeah, the game was back and forth until about five minutes left in the third quarter. Um, Amin even mentioned it, how the momentum was just kind of up in the air. And Zach did his patented thing that we're so used to watching, where he just kind of took over. I think he scored like nine points right there just real quick all of a sudden. Like he does. And after that, the I think they were only maybe up four or five going into the fourth. 
But you could just you could uh, you could feel that the Bulls had kind of taken over the game because the entire game it felt like the the Nuggets weren't the better team. They were just kind of getting you know getting the luck you know getting the breaks, and it was just could the Bulls get you know piece enough minutes together of quality basketball to put them away, and it seemed like they did that. The fourth quarter, it just kind of the the Nuggets would make a run, and but the Bulls were more than up to the challenge of holding them off. It was it was good to see a nice quality win that you weren't super sweating down to the wire. Yeah, definitely. Um and the Bulls did, you were talking about rebounding, the Bulls did end up out rebounding the Nuggets 42 to 39. So, you know, I would say uh, oh no, I'm sorry they did not. No, I'm sorry. They lost on the rebounds 42. No, I'm I'm looking at the wrong thing. Wow. Come on, Keith. So they did win in rebounds, 55 to 51. I'm just looking at the wrong columns here. So 55 to 51, they out-rebounded the, the uh, Nuggets. And I would say that's mostly just, you know, it was a competitive – they were, like you said, they were competitive. They were making, making things work on the rebounding side. Um, they were all crashing the boards. I did get a little nervous there, especially when whenever Derek Jones Jr. was out. I remember there was a, specifically a stretch of the game where Derek Jones Jr. was out. And it was Io and Troy Brown Jr. and Garrison Matthews on the floor together, um, and I was a little worried about. And, and they were on there with, uh, I think it was Levine was on there with them as well. And um, I was a little worried about how uh, how the rebounding was going to happen there. Um, but like you said, T, Troy Brown Jr. was crashing, Io was crashing. I mean, they ended up doing just fine there. But I think not, it's something that they do need to think about. Good. Not not only the rebounding last night. But so I'm, I'm looking at the stats from cleaning the glass on the game itself. The Nuggets shot 37% of their shots at the rim, which is that that's a that's a pretty good margin. That was the most they shot of anywhere. But the Bulls held them to only 35.5% at the rim. That's that's as bad as it gets when it comes to shooting at the rim. So not only was Chicago keeping them from getting offensive rebounds, but even when like Jokic, Jokic and uh, you know Barton and them were driving and hit going for layups. They weren't getting those easy putbacks that a lot of teams get on the offensive board. So the Bulls did a really good job around the rim, just in general last night. And I think that that's what helped them get the win. And let me um, let me talk a little bit about Levine. You know, just one more thing I, I'm seeing from Levine. You already talked about just kind of the you know the, the regular going off for 15 points in a row or 12 points in a row, whatever it is, just to kind of put a team away or, or bring the Bulls back. And we all know he's capable of doing that. He can score from all three levels. We've talked about it already on this pod a few times. But, <clears throat> again, what's impressing me this season is just, um, you know, especially some a few a few plays where I just saw Levine get downhill, get his head down, and go to the board. There was one play specifically in the first half I was watching him do this. He ended up getting a goaltending on Aaron Gordon, just putting so much pressure on that defense. Uh, and, I, and I think you're right. I think there is a little bit of a, of a DeMar DeRozan effect there, even though he's not with the team. Um, it's something that, you know, he maybe learned from DeMar is just when to take control and when to really be aggressive. Uh, but I'm just loving what I'm seeing from him. I think, you know, hands down, he's an all-star. Uh, I don't think he's going to, you know, be anywhere in the MVP conversation. I'm like, I'm not like getting carried away with things like that. Uh, I think there's, you know, no, no question though that he's going to be on an all-star team. So again, just getting to the to the rim, getting to the rack with Zach Levine, it's just been huge for me. Um, is that, you see the same thing there? Yeah. So I looked up the numbers from 3:57 left in the third quarter until 31 until 45 seconds left. Zach either scored or assisted on all 14 points. He scored 12 points, and then the, the Vucevic layup he assisted on. So he just 
he went on a run there at the end of that third quarter where he was just he he just took control and it was it was like watching a better version of last year's team because the players around him are just better. You know, Lonzo makes great passes, Vucevic makes great passes. It wasn't like Zach had to just isolate and do it all on his own. They were running actions for him. You know, he was coming off of screens and getting open looks. It was it was just great to watch the team come together and kind of I know they've been playing with the two-star thing, but to have the one star out there and the team be able to adapt to that as seamlessly as they did, I think that's just a good sign of the chemistry they have and the belief they have in Zach to, to carry the team with DeMar being out. Yeah, let's not sell, let's not sell Vucevic short, short either. I mean, obviously he had 20 points, 10 boards. He had a double-double. Um, just did basically what he did in Orlando. You know, more usage came his way. Uh, I'm not even looking at the numbers, but I'm sure of that. Um, you know, he ended up getting those shots, those bunnies in the middle of the lane. He shot uh, only 33% again, so it's, it's still a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say worrying, but, you know, you just feel like that's going to normalize at some point. He's just shooting it so terribly uh, to start this season. So when that does, I mean, I think you're going to start seeing some huge lines from here. So, again, you know, talking about a bit about fantasy guys, um, that's this is probably still a buy low moment for, for Vucevic if you can. He, he, you know, maybe not now, but. Uh, well, I guess it's not, but but if you could somebody give Vucevic, I think he's going to have some huge lines. But guys, um, you know, speaking of uh, all that fantasy talk, we're going to talk a little bit about fantasy on this show, guys. And if you need a fantasy help, make sure you go to sportsethos.com and get our fantasy pass. That's where you can actually get access to all of our fantasy experts. Uh, you can actually get into our Discord and, and ask us questions. Uh, I'm not one of the fantasy experts over at Sports Ethos, but I do obviously talk a lot of fantasy. You can see me on Rotoballer uh, or Razball. Raz um, but you can get access to all of us there and ask us questions, and it's it's awesome. It's a great deal. Go snag it up. That's at SportsEthos.com. It's a fantasy pass. Get it and start winning. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, Vucevic had a, had a very decent game, even though he didn't shoot the ball particularly well from the floor. Uh, and, of course, like I think you said before we, we even uh, – before the game happened, we were talking about just looking ahead at it. You know, he's, he did a, he had a huge role in stopping – Jokic from just having a monster game because Jokic had a good game. Uh, he didn't necessarily have a monster game. He also only shot 35% from the field, um, but he did have a triple double. He had 15 assists, 12 rebounds. He just he did Jokic things. Um, but I think Vucevic was a huge reason for that. If we don't have Vuce here, we probably lose. I think. I agree. One of the things I wrote down was that Vuce's size bothers Jokic. He he's legit as big as Jokic, and that's just not something he sees very often. And it was just a good matchup and. A quality win. You you'd mentioned about um, Demar being out until the 14th, and with Caruso being out with his hamstring, I was looking at the schedule. Uh, the next four games are at Cleveland, at Miami versus Detroit, so home versus Detroit, and then at Toronto. That's the 16th. But after mm-hmm. that, they've got three days off, and then they have a four-game home stand from December 19th to the 26th. It seems like that would be a great spot for them to, if, assuming they don't, you know, crash and burn these next couple games. If Caruso's hurt, I say I don't see any reason why they should rush him back. Why not wait mm-hmm. until they have that nice home stand? He'd get to come back against the Los Angeles Lakers, even that December nineteenth game. So that'd be fun. I just, to me, I think that should be when they would target bringing these guys back. I, I, there's no reason to rush anyone back. No, that's a great point. I was, I was going to actually ask you, that was next to my agenda here. So, uh, yeah, they've got at Cleveland, just to recap, at Cleveland, at Miami, um, home against the Pistons, and then at Toronto, 
against the Raptors. So four games there that they're probably going to be missing DeMar and probably Caruso, I would think. So assuming no DeMar, no Caruso, Trey, what do you think the record is in those next four games? Three and one. I think they'll drop one of them, but I, I'm, I'd be happy with three and one. Two and two is, is my, I'll be, I'll be very disappointed if it's worse than two and two. Yeah, I think it's got to be two and two. I think um, you know, I, I think the Cavs are having a great season, but I think we can. I think there's added motivation also because Laurie Markkinen's on that team. Uh, but I think you know we can probably uh, there we can probably beat that team. Um, the Heat are going to be a tough matchup. The Pistons, I think we're definitely I, I, just better than them. We we struggled against them. I remember in the opener, uh, and they are a tough team. They do try to hang in there, but I think we can beat them pretty easily. Toronto is the one that I'm kind of like I'm not sure. I'm, it can go either way for me because it is in Toronto. Uh, you know, so there's a little bit of a, a travel there. There's two days in between, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But in Toronto against a, a you know big lengthy Raptors squad, uh, I think it's a very winnable game. But I just don't know. It might be one of those games we drop and it ends up being a disappointment. So I think I think I'm right there with you, two and two, uh, at the very least. But I think a three and one is even doable, and that's down a star, uh, to, down two starters because you got don't have Patrick Williams still. Uh, obviously, we won't have them the rest of the season. Uh, and down our sixth man, basically. So down two starters and a sixth man, and they're still going to go three and one, I think, in this next stretch of four games, which is just just incredible. It just speaks to the to the depth of the team, honestly, um, which is something that you know people have have been criticizing. It's like, hey, there's no depth on this team. Well, what are you talking about? So this is the time to prove it. So let's see if the, let's see if they can go that three and one um, stretch here. But before I move on. Uh, I want to tell you guys what else I'm getting on board with because I'm getting on board with the Bulls, obviously, but I'm also getting on board with the awesome grooming products at Manscaped. They're finely tuned pew products to feature a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is easily the greatest ball trimmer on the planet. Oh, did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? This trimmer is a shower essential, guys, so go get it 20% off. Free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20. That's H O O P B A L L 20 at manscaped.com. So, yeah, um, I think it's going to be a, a fantastic stretch. We'll, we'll get to see Io and, and some of these other guys that don't necessarily get to shine. I wish Kobe was playing because I'd love to see him have a game or two, uh, maybe at least to increase his trade value, if nothing else. But speaking of trades, a little bit of news dropped right before we got on here, Trey, about the Indiana Pacers. Uh, they're going to blow it up. So, you know, I had you here. It's just something that just happened. So I wanted to get your initial reactions here. Uh, let's let's play a little bit of uh, Bulls GM, and obviously this this is very far far fetched. It might not happen, but if there was somebody on the Indiana Pacers roster that you wanted to have on the Bulls, who would it be, and what would you give them? I mean, what, what would a trade look like for you? Um, I'd love Sabonis or Turner, either one. If I had to pick one of those two. I think I think I'd go Sabonis. I just love all the playmaking this team already has, and I think he'd really add to it. Turner's rim protection and the way he can also stretch the floor would be nice to have. But what I'm giving up, I mean, I'd offer Kobe. I'd offer uh, Marco Simonovic, um, maybe Javante Green. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to offer a lot for for them. I don't. I'm not. I don't think the Bulls are going to be in the running for either of them because I don't think they're going to be willing to give up the assets needed to get them away. 
Yeah, I was gonna say those three num those three names you just mentioned. I don't know necessarily how into that the, the Pacers would be. Um, obviously, they'll, they'll probably be looking for picks and young young assets. So Kobe, I think you know, um, I just think his value is so low right now because he's been playing so horribly, unfortunately. So that's why I was saying I wish he could play and kind of raise that value a little bit at least so that we could try to get him in a trade here because I think the Bulls. Uh, if I'm being honest with you guys, I think they will trade for somebody at some point, or they'll be in the buyout market at the very least. Um, because uh, you know we really need to we really need to replace Patrick Williams, and um, so we need I think we need a four that is really like versatile, right, and can get out there and guard people. So I'm looking at a guy on their team. I'm actually looking at Tory Craig uh, would be a guy on their team that I wouldn't mind having on the Bulls. So I think he's a wing player that can guard you know, one through five, basically, um, solid defender, hustle player. Uh, I mean, really it's just, he's, he's known for his defense. I think that's something the bulls really need, uh, on this squad. I, I think that we do fine with Javante green and Derek Jones jr. And stuff like that out there. Um, but I, I wouldn't mind having that guy. What do you think about, uh, Mr. Tory Craig? I think he'd be a great asset to add. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what we'd have to give up to get him. I don't know what his contract's like. I, I'm still on the Kobe bandwagon. I, mm. I hate to admit it, <laughs> but I, I was, I was so big and so long, and Caruso's shown that he can guard, you know, bigs if he needs to. That once Patrick Williams is back, I don't. I like the, I like the three, like I like having Io, Kobe, and Caruso all out there. Like I like the idea of that. Especially if you could maybe get, you know, Zach or Demar out there with them on those second unit runs. I'm, I, I like Tory Craig. I just, I'm not, I don't want to sell low on Kobe because, like you said, I don't think his value is going to get any lower than it is yeah. right now. Yeah. So yeah, I never answered what I give up for him, and that's a good, that's a good question. You'd have to give up someone like a, um, I, you know, Kobe's really the only young guy on the team. I mean. <laughs> Really, what you'd have to dingle at this point to get anything probably is like Io from a team like that, which I don't think we want to do. I think we'd rather have Io DeSumo than than Tory Craig. So um, again, this is probably not a, a deal that's going to happen, but it's you know a guy that I'd be looking at that type of guy uh, if I'm the Chicago Bulls. You know, maybe they can get away with get, if it's Tory Craig who isn't like necessarily the the best name in the bunch. Maybe they can get away with you know a second round pick or uh, like a Tony not Tony Bradley, but maybe like a Elise Johnson or something like that. Uh, in exchange for him, plus a second-round pick, something like along those lines, I think could probably get it done. I am looking at his contract right now. It's uh, he's making about five million a year over the next two years, so it's really an easily manageable you know contract. It's not something that would break the bank at all. Um, and he's a he's a you know, solid vet. He played for the Suns during their uh, finals run. Uh, again, just a, just a defender, a wing defender, that which is what I think the Bulls need. But it, the, with the caveat, I'll say with the caveat that if they do get somebody like this, then it is taking opportunities away from Ayo Dusunmu and things like that. So it's not necessarily the best thing in the world. Just kind of playing some fun, fun uh, GM here because, like like I said, it came out today that the Pacers are basically blowing it up uh, because uh, T.J. McConnell is having surgery now, and they're just they're just bad. So <laughs> they're not good. <laughs> So for me, I would like to see, and this this is just from a, a basketball fan perspective. I want to see Sabonis with the Warriors, and I'd like to see Miles Turner on the Hornets. I think those those would be the two like most exciting places for those guys to go. For me personally. No, those, those are fantastic, and um, I, I'm curious to see where Malcolm Bragdon ends up too, because he is, I would say. 
on any other team, you know, he'd be a, a very solid, he'd be a very solid Lonzo Ball type guy, right? Third or fourth option. Uh, he doesn't play the defense that Lonzo does, but he's basically like, you know, basically like that, like third or fourth best player somewhere in between there on, on any given night. And so I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes to if they end up getting rid of him. But there's going to be moves happening. It's going to happen. So uh, we'll be on the lookout for that. And we'll uh, provide some analysis when that gets done because they're in our they're in our conference. So I feel like it. Uh, it affects us pretty much. So, uh, but hey, we don't have to worry about the Pacers this year. That's the best. That's the best part. No more nightmares of Reggie Miller draining threes in, in Michael Jordan's face. <laughs> uh, but that's it, guys. That's gonna do it for us. The, we recap the uh, the Nuggets game here. We've got another game tomorrow, and uh, I'll try to get a, a, a pot out. Either I will or, or myself and Trey will both be on, uh, and we'll get something out for you guys just as a recap. But uh, you can find me guys on Twitter, guys. At, at BSBP Keith and Trey, where can the fi- people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And you can also follow us on Twitter at the show's Twitter handle, which I'm verifying feverishly as I type and talk. It's at Ethos Bulls. That's at Ethos Bulls. That is the show's Twitter. Go follow us there also, guys. And go Bulls. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.